Some things happened yesterday. Some things were said. On the bright side, though, at least Donald Trump is no longer the most controversial candidate in the race. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Top10Guy1, who says, amazing how it has turned into 15 jabs to flatten the curve. That's true. So close. It's probably, it's, it's probably the case that we'll be done after 15, though, right? There's no way Lucy's going to pick up that football again, right? Right? I'm sure. Just one more. Just take one more. Folks, it, you would have known uh, early on, two years ago, that so much of the crazy COVID guidance was ridiculous if you had been able to talk about it, you know, but unfortunately, a lot of the big tech companies clamped down. The establishment media were obviously pushing the COVID narrative. That's why we need to be able to talk to one another. When you want to talk to your friends and family, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com, enter code Knowles. There is no reason to pay Verizon, ATT, or T-Mobile over 80 bucks per month for wireless services when you can get the same service on the same network with Pure Talk for half the price. With Pure Talk, you get talk, text, and data just as fast for just $30 per month. Those other guys are making you pay for thousands of retail stores you don't go to, perks you don't use, and massive profits to keep their shareholders happy. Pure Talk, on the other hand, wants to keep you happy, which is why they've invested in a U.S.-based customer service team. It's also why they give you so many more data options. Why would they charge you for data that you don't need? I love Pure Talk. I did the switch. I love supporting veteran-owned U.S.-based companies that have my best interests at heart. Takes less than 10 minutes to switch. Saves you a ton of money. I'm saving a ton of money with my Pure Talk subscription. Go to puretalk.com, enter code Knowles, save 50% off your first month. That is puretalk.com, promo code Knowles for 50, 50% off your very first month. Anything happen in the news yesterday? Was there, I don't know, I was sort of scrolling through and, oh yes, I saw the Alex Jones interview heard round the world. I had a lot of work that I was supposed to do yesterday, could not do any of it because I, like so many people, was glued to my screen. I didn't even at first know where to find this Alex Jones show. I just was blowing up all over social media. Kanye West is on Alex Jones saying all sorts of crazy things. And I, so I found the link, I think on Rumble or something. Kanye in his own words. I see good things about Hitler also. The Jew, I love everyone, and Jewish people are not going to tell me, you can love, um, you know, us, and you can love what we're doing to you with the contracts, and you can love what we're, you know, what we're pushing with the pornography. But this guy that invented highways, invented the very microphone that I use as a musician, you can't say out loud that this person ever did anything good, and I'm done with that. I'm done with the classifications. Every human being has something of value that they brought to the table, especially Hitler. How about that one? Ari Emanuel, how you like that one? Hey, Ron, you gonna do anything to fix Chicago? Even like our truth, the fact that African-Americans were in America before the pilgrims, that truth is hidden, that we are actually the native Americans or some of us are native. So a couple of fact checks here. Uh, the, the black people were not in America before the pilgrims and are not, they are not the, the Native Americans, the real Native Americans. And also you, you do not, in fact, have to hand it to Hitler. 
<laughs> you never actually have to hand it to Hitler. And this, for those who are just listening right now and can't see it, Kanye is wearing this full kind of gimp suit, head mask thing, so you can't see his face. Throughout the interview, Alex Jones keeps saying, uh, is this really even Kanye I'm talking to? It's an amazing thing to watch Alex Jones be made uncomfortable in an interview because he, he comes out and he says, you know, well, listen, people are, are calling you a Nazi, and but you're not a Nazi. And Kanye says, well, so, you know, so it, that was very, very jarring. It's why everyone tuned in in the first place. But then Kanye complicates his declaration of love for the Nazis by declaring love for all sorts of other people. I love the Zionist. I love the people that, that blocked my bank account because God runs the world and uses everyone. I do love Hitler. I do love the Zionists. I love everyone. I love Jewish people. I love Jewish yes, we're talking about Stanley Kubrick. But Jesus is king and I love everyone. This is love speech, Ari. This is love speech. In Jesus' name, the real king of Israel, Jesus Christ. This is love speech. I love Jewish people. I love supermodels. I love everyone accordingly, from all the way from the Balenciagas to the Hitlers. To Let me tell you a story. To, hold on, sir. Okay. To Ari Emanuel, to Jamie Dimon, to the people who... I love all of those you people. You love Mao Zedong? Absolutely. Mal Ross. Well, clear, clarify that. You're saying you're like Christ like. You love everybody. Yeah. No matter. You love Jim Jones. Like you, lo you love Jeffrey Dahmer. Absolutely. Everybody. Okay, well, let's clarify. I get to. So you would assume that when someone says, I love Hitler and I love the Nazis, that would be followed by, and I hate the Jews. But Kanye follows it here by, I love the Jews. I love the Zionists. I love supermodels. I love Mao Zedong. I love Ari Emanuel. I love Stalin. I love. Lamp. I don't know. I love, I love all of these things. But then he goes on and does seem to have a special sort of ire for the Jews. And this is what led into another episode of this th three hour long interview that went viral as well. When Kanye pulled out an aquarium net and a bottle of Yoohoo to do a sort of carrot top prop comedy routine about uh, the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Net Net and Yahoo. What we did is we brought Net and Yahoo with us. Ah. <laughs> I mean, this is, I'm in the twilight zone right now. Net and Yahoo, what do you have to say? What do you have to say to Alex Jones right now, Nick Fuentes and Ye? It was bad. It was bad for Trump to meet with. <laughs> Okay. I had no idea your voice is going to sound like that, Netanyahu. So you don't like Benjamin Netanyahu? <laughs> you get it? It's a net and yuhu. And he's sitting there with Nick Fuentes, who's, who is working on his campaign and who was at that Trump dinner and caused all the, the big stir. And then, then however... The interview took another turn, and specifically on the whole net, net and yuhu bit, he takes it in this very personal direction. If I say something that's provocative towards the Mossad, is that misogynistic? Hold on, let's hear from <laughs> Net. 
Hey, yay! I'm the head of the Mossad. I'm gonna kill you and take your children away from you. Thanks a lot, Netton. Back to you, Alex. Uh, please turn your phone microphone around, sir. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm definitely uh, overwhelmed here right now. Um, Infowars.com, tomorrow's news today. Um, listen, all I'm trying to get through here is I believe every group should be able I to be switched crit- his name to Netton. I dropped the, uh, the Yahoo so we didn't have to. I was tired of picking up the Yahoo and the Netton. So for now, he's just Netton. I know some people call him BB. No, some of you call him Yahoo, but we're going to call him Netton. What you want, Netton? Hey, yay, right after this, I'm going to say you're crazy. I'm going to take your, your family away from you. We're not done with you yet. You cannot cause free thought. We have to control the history books. We have to control the banks. And we have to go and kill people. Also, we're in the pedophilia. Ha, ha, ha. So at this point in the interview, if you're still watching, you're starting to think, okay, something's gone even more off the rails here than at other times in uh, Ye's public career. And then he takes it all the way personal. So it, it starts out with Hitler and the Jews. Then it goes, I love everybody. I love, I love Lamp. I love, you know, all, all the, I love the Jews. I don't, it's not just that I love Hitler. I love the Jews, but really I don't like Benjamin Netanyahu and Israel. And, but really this is all about this personal stuff, my family, my kids, my life. And then, and then he kind of ditches the BB Netanyahu thing and just gets right into his, his personal family problems. My security is the fact that I didn't load up pornography last night. And I said, this addiction is going to have to flee from me. You know, this addiction since I was five years old that has destroyed my, my mom and my dad's family, that destroyed my family. Like when I take full accountability for the destruction like of my marriage, when I, when I, I'll, I'll point at the liberals and say, you took my wife from me. You know what took my wife from me? The fact that I was married to this beautiful person, but it, I felt like it wasn't enough. I felt like I still needed to look at pornography. In some way I'd say to her, well, stop making these images, stop breaking the internet. You know, that original term comes from my ex-wife actually having a nude photo that I didn't know about that someone used her and put her on a magazine. But there's somewhere where she's like, well, if my husband is looking at this, I still want to be like the girls that are doing this. And this becomes people reliving the traumas, pushing the addiction. So, so this was the most amazing part of the interview and nobody's talking about it because he says, look, I blame the liberals for breaking up my family, but it wasn't the liberals. It was me. But Kanye doesn't blame the liberals. He blames the Jews in other places, for, or the Zionists, or the whoever for breaking up his family, or Benjamin Netanyahu's going to come and take his family. But then in this moment, uh, probably the most lucid moment of the interview, he says, but it wasn't them, meaning the liberals, or, or elsewhere he said it's the Jews. or whoever. It was me. It was me, because I looked at pornography, and I did it, and, and so I lost my family. There, there are three defining struggles in Kanye West's public career that we've seen. The first one is mental disorder, meaning he's just, his mind just gets disordered. And you see, he's talking about how black people were here before the Native Americans or something, right? You know, among all the other things he said, he just said things that are just so manifestly incoherent and and, uh, obviously not true. Then there's performance art. Kanye West has always been 
this wild performance artist. George Bush doesn't like black people. Taylor Swift, I'm going to take your award from you, and I'm not. I'm, I'll let you finish. But Beyonce had the better album. You got to give this album to Beyonce. And then he goes a step further. He says slavery was a choice. Right? W- one of the most shocking and offensive things you can possibly say. Then he took it up another level. When he put the MAGA hat on, wearing that MAGA hat, which this was after the uh, media had called Trump the devil for however long, he says, oh, that's the most offensive, provocative thing I can possibly do. You tell me I can't do it, that's what I'm going to do. And then he took it to its absolute perfect extreme by saying, I like Hitler. I like Hitler is the most shocking and offensive thing you can possibly say in our culture. Hitler is synonymous with the devil in our language. That, uh, it's why he didn't get the same reaction when he says, I love Mao, I love Stalin. People can get away with saying, I love Mao, I love Stalin. Well, you can hand it to them. You, you can wear a Che Guevara shirt, whatever. In our language, Hitler is synonymous with the devil. In fact, worse than the devil because Hitler was incarnate. The devil's just a spirit. Hitler was incarnate. And so you, you see, even taking aside, maybe Kanye hates the Jews, maybe Kanye is a Nazi, whatever. You just see that as the extreme manifestation of that kind of performance art. And then the third one, which no one's talking about, is this guy just lost his whole family. And if you've ever known someone who's gone through a divorce, they go kind of crazy most of the time. And especially if they've already got these sort of underlying mental issues and these underlying artistic issues where you you were naturally drawn to these extremes. When something like that happens, people can just break. And so it's why I'm not going to make fun of Kanye West. It's why I'm not even going to really engage too seriously in any of the claims he's making, whether it's about, uh, you know, Hitler or the black Native Americans or Bibi Netanyahu. I mean, when he was laughing manically with the yoo in one hand and the, the, the net in another, I just think it's a really cheap shot to make fun of somebody or to castigate somebody, you know, too, too seriously. And, and he was just kicked off of Twitter because he posted a star of David with a swastika in the middle. And people are assuming this is just another declaration of his love for the Nazis. It's actually not. That's a symbol of what's called the Raelism movement. The Raelian movement was this movement from the 1970s founded by a guy named Claude Vorhilon. And I'll see if I, yeah, here, so the symbol is this, this little pendant that they would wear of the Star of David with the, the swastika in the middle. But it's this idea, it's this kind of crazy cult that believes that uh, there are all these aliens and that you get abducted by aliens and that uh, uh, the word Elohim, Elohim, you know, the word for God is a plural term, which means those who came from the sky and they would, they would wear these sort of extraterrestrial symbols. So anyway, it's just obviously all the symbol of disorder. And what should one do? One should pray for Kanye, probably not, uh, you know, probably not take this stuff all that seriously. I don't, I don't think he should be going on like TV to be pontificating on these views. He, He's always had those three problems, even the personal issues in his life, because he's, he's cycled through so many advisors constantly. I personally am friends with like three of Kanye's advisors going back 10 years, and I don't know Kanye West. I've never met Kanye West. And so you think there are all these, these personal relationships. He lashed out in that interview against Dave Chappelle for doing a comedy bit about him. Dave Chappelle was defending Kanye in the comedy bit. You know, it's just, if any one of these issues were going off at a particular time, it would be dangerous. But you've got the mental disorder and you've got the performance art and you've got the personal life all kind of crashing around. And so I say, probably should should pray for the guy. That's what I would do. And I would protect yourself and I would protect your assets and what you've got. And one great way to do that is with birch gold. 
Right now, text Knowles to 989898. Will the lack of a red wave during the midterms lead to more reckless spending by a more emboldened Biden administration? Higher taxes, deeper inflation, if you are unsure of how the next two years will unfold. Or if you are pretty sure because you see things going in a bad direction, talk to Birch Gold Group about protecting your savings with gold. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert your IRA or 401k into an IRA in precious metals so you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered account. Here is what you need to do. Text Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. Then talk to one of their precious metals specialists. They will hold your hand through the entire process. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and almost 20 years of experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help protect your savings too. Text Knowles, Canada WLES, to 989898 and protect yourself with gold today. That is Knowles to 989898. Speaking of Balenciaga, <laughs> I didn't let the Kardashians and Kanye had a deal with Balenciaga. Uh, and Kanye, actually, I think that mask he was wearing on the Alex Jones show was from Balenciaga, oddly enough, even though we've been talking about this a few times now over the past couple of weeks. There's this weird Balenciaga scandal where they posted ads that were evocative of child pornography and S&M and Satanism (laughs) and all this kind of weird stuff. So it gets even weirder. One of my associate producers called my attention to this. There's another Balenciaga child photo ad where it's a kid wearing a Balenciaga kind of suit in what's obviously a little kid's room. But then in the back, there's there's a little uh, doll of a devil. There's that little weird S&M doll in in the the front. Uh, The shoes kind of look like two little red devils looking out at you. But then this part is really, really strange. There is caution tape. But instead of saying caution, it says Balenciaga. But instead of saying Balenciaga, B-A-L-E-N- C-I-A-G. It says B-A-A-L-E-N. That is Baal. That is one of the most prominent demons ever worshipped going back to antiquity. That's not just an accident. Someone had that tape made up, or someone at least went on the computer and made it look that way, but probably it's it's a practical prop. This on top of the fact that when you type Balenciaga, Latin to English, into Google Translate, it translates that to do what you want, which is the first commandment of the Satanists. Again, very strange because those words don't mean anything in Latin. So, and it does, it just comes up as gibberish until that you add that final aga and then it says do what you want. And then when you type in Baal and Siaga into Google Translate, B-A-A-L, it all of a sudden capitalizes the B and says Baal is the king. And now you're seeing Baal referenced directly. Because what, one thing that people have said is, well, Michael, Balenciaga is just a guy's last name. You say, well, yeah, sure. So then why are we getting all these strange renderings when you type it in specifically into Google Translate? Yeah, it's just a guy's last name. I'm not saying the company was founded as a an homage to Baal or something like that, but why are you getting all this satanic imagery? And then why is the tape spelled B-A-A-L? Why is it why is Baal right right there? Obviously there's something going on. I, I don't I don't know. Right? I don't I don't have an answer for that. But as we've said from the beginning here. One strange occurrence, maybe that's a fluke. Two strange occurrences, maybe that's a coincidence. Three, four, five, six, that's a pattern that you you cannot deny. 
And then the fact that there is this Kardashian-Kanye very close relationship to Balenciaga while this whole thing is blowing up is also completely bizarre. That alone is completely bizarre. Kim Kardashian is the face of Balenciaga. Kanye West continues to wear Balenciaga clothing. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just pointing out really strange coincidences. Speaking of uh, products, by the way, you know, we, we read ads for Her- uh, Jeremy's Razors, not Harry's Razors, obviously. We read the ads for Jeremy's Razors, and it's, uh, a, a lot of people love the commercial, you know, Jeremy getting out with the supermodels and the, in the McLaren and everything. It's flamethrowers. It's a very cool commercial. A lot of people, though, especially new Daily Wire members, don't know the story of Jeremy's Razors. Jeremy's Razors, it was entirely made to save my career. <laughs> Because people don't even know the background. The background was, I was on a show, I was on the air, and I made this claim that men and women are different. This is a claim that now, uh, you know, there's a whole movie about it, actually. But at the time, uh, some trollish type account, maybe it was a Democrat operative, maybe not, uh, came out and started tagging my sponsors and said, Michael said this horrible thing. This is terrible. He said, men and women are different. You need to cancel your ads from his show. And Harry's Razors led a a campaign to boycott my show, to pull the ads from my show, to say there was a values misalignment, you know, essentially saying Michael Knowles and his listeners are the worst people on earth. We don't want their business and, and you really shouldn't do business with them either. And so there was a potential run on my show. And when there's a run on your show and you lose all your advertisers, you lose the show. You can't, you cannot float that for, for very long. And so this was an actual concerted effort to take out my show. And Jeremy and the Daily Wire came in and said, uh-uh, we're not tolerating that. And they fought behind the scenes very hard. And they said, don't you dare pull your ads. Well, forget Harry's, stupid Harry's. But for, to the rest of the advertisers, don't you dare pull your ads. Don't you dare do this, pu- especially publicly. This is outrageous. This is, we're, we're going to stand behind not just me, but any conservative. Because, you know, look, I said the most basic thing you possibly can. Men and women are different. So if they're going to kill my show for that, they're going to go after all of us. And then because Jeremy, he's just got something wrong in his head. Something, I don't know, maybe he was born under a weird star. Something in this man's head. He just, he's like a dog with a bone. Jeremy decided to dedicate the next year to creating an actual razor company. to go and destroy Harry's. It was just a vindictive joke, okay? <laughs> and so, and they did that. And then coincidentally, it became this great razor company. Well, right now, if you go to jeremysrazors.com, you can get a wonderful bundle. It's all of this to say, you should go over there to jeremysrazors.com and buy the bundle, not just for yourself, but for your friends. It makes a great Christmas present. And it's just such a way to show yeah, man, stand up for the conservatives, stand up for people who have common sense, stand up against these, these insane bullies who are trying to silence you for saying perfectly ordinary things. That's how you do it. I like to think that my blank book was a little fun stocking stuffer to, to stick it to the man, you know, reasons to vote for Democrats. Well, this is a, a much fuller version of that because it's saying, no, we're, we're going to build our own companies even if we have to, but we need your support to do it. So please, uh, please head on over and do that. And while you're at it, be sure to go check out Mizzen and Main. Right now, go to MizzenandMain.com. Use promo code Knowles. Mizzen and Main are the inventors of the performance fabric dress shirt. Is there anything worse than being uncomfortable? I don't think so. Mizzen and Main doesn't think so either. That is why they make the most lightweight, breathable, and moisture-wicking dress shirts you can buy. Their high-performance dress shirts are warm in winter and cool 
in summer. Think of their clothing as your secret weapon for any occasion. I am confident if you give Mizzen and Main a try, you will never go back to conventional men's clothing again. Mizzen and Main's dress shirts are the best dress shirts that you can possibly pick up. I just adore them. One, because they feel so comfortable, but two, they look really smart. The style is just really so much better than, than what you're seeing out there today. It's just, just really, really smart style, okay? Style matters a lot to me. Don't believe me? Check out all the Mizzen and Main reviews and then check it out for yourself. Look the best you can this Christmas season. Go to MizzenandMain.com, promo code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. You'll get $35 off any regular order of $125 or more. That is $35 off when you go to M-I-Z-Z-E-N-A-N-D-M-A-I-N.com, promo code Knowles. We have all sorts of products today. You know, products that we sell at the Daily Wire, products that, you know, our wonderful advertisers have. But then there are some products that I don't know, I don't know that I can quite get behind. Tampax. Well, I've never, I haven't used Tampax myself. Uh, you know, I can't say that I was a regular customer, but Tampax has a very strange advertising campaign. They launched this a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> meant to get to it. Fits in right now in the Christmas shopping season. Tampax tweeted out, you're in their DMs. We're in them. We are not the same. Ugh. What? Did I read that correctly? So it's an, obviously it's a, it's like a sex joke, you know, about, about the, about women and about what women use Tampax for. My first reaction was, why are tampons tweeting? Why do tampons have to tweet? Because all brands have to tweet now. And all brands market themselves on this kind of edginess, right? They, you have to tweet to sell the product. And the way to get attention on social media, as I think we've all seen in the last 24 hours, is to consistently go and say the edgiest things that you possibly can. And this is not a great long-term strategy. The entire culture is incentivizing us to do that ever more and more. But as a long-term strategy, that's, it's not really smart. I talked about this on the Matt Frad show the other day. Matt Frad said, Michael, you're a Catholic, but you're also a conservative talking head. And so does, does your Catholic obligation to be charitable and not to you know, constantly go out and detract from everybody, does that conflict with your role as a, as a professional owner of the libs. And I, I thought, you know, maybe sometimes, I hope it doesn't, but I'm sure we all misstep sometimes. But I generally try not to, because if you, if you stake your career or your brand or your professional life on just constantly being more and more offensive, more and more shocking, more and more edgy, not only are you probably going to flame out as happens to basically everyone who attempts this strategy, but it's also going to lead you into saying things that you probably don't really believe, that you probably don't really think are totally true. You'll, you'll just be incentivized to do that for shock value, which is not a good way to live, and it will end up depriving you of your integrity and, and of, you know, in, in the name of breaking through these uh, strictures and the censorship, you're going to end up saying things that you don't think are true in the first place. Speaking of weird sex stuff, headline, weird sex stuff and dishonesty. Headline out of the BBC. Trans woman jailed for sex with 14-year-old girl. What does that headline actually mean? I'm going to translate that headline 
from woke, politically correct dishonesty into English. Man arrested, man jailed for raping child. That's what that really means. But trans woman jailed for sex with 14-year-old girl. What do we call it when 25-year-olds have sex with 14-year-olds? Do we call that, we just call that sex? No, we usually call that rape. That would be statutory rape everywhere in the United States or Britain or anywhere in the civilized world. And then what do we call a trans woman in reality? We call that a man. But it shows you the power of, uh, of language, which is a real hobby horse of mine, but we, you've got to constantly come back to it because you, you think because you are conscious and you read the news and you know what's up and you, you get all of your information from different sources, you don't only believe CNN, you think that you can catch the deception. But you, you can't, none of us can all the time because so much of the leftist deception is built into the very language that we use. When you use the phrase trans woman, or if you refer to a guy who thinks he's a woman as she, or even if you refer to a guy who thinks that he's a woman with a woman's name, you are, consciously or unconsciously, accepting the premises. A woman has a right to go into the woman's bathroom. She has a right to go into the woman's bathroom. Caitlin has the right to go into the woman's bathroom. When you accept terms like gay marriage, which even people who oppose gay marriage often will use the term gay marriage, you're accepting the premise that gay marriage is just a, it's a type of marriage. You know, you can have American marriage or an Indian marriage or a gay marriage, but it's, it's not. The whole, the whole point of the debate is that gay marriage is a contradiction in terms and it's completely different. Intrinsically, it cannot be the same thing as marriage. We do this constantly. The undocumented workers, undocumented Americans, undocumented Americans are just a type of American, except they're not. They're foreign nationals. They're, they're not Americans. Justice-involved youth, that's one of my favorite academic euphemisms for, for criminal children, <laughs> you know, criminal minors, or justice-involved person is used to re- refer to adults. Whatever justice-involved persons are, they are not involved with justice. They're criminals. They're involved with injustice, actually. It's a total deception. So you've got to be aware of, even if you're reading this, you say, wait, something's clearly gone wrong here. It's not a, tra- you've got to translate it in your head and say it in your head in order to really appreciate this. Trans woman jailed for sex with 14 year old girl. No, no, no. Grown man rapes child. That's what it is. It's going to give, it'll give even you a different and more accurate picture. Speaking of deception, by the way, huge news story. The liver king has been exposed as a fraud. Do you know who the liver king is? I didn't either. Brett Cooper actually turned me on to him. He's some social media phenomenon where he's a super jacked guy who never has a shirt on and he's always just eating organs of giant animals. He'll sit there. I saw one video. He said, why would you chew gum when you could eat lung? And he pulls off part of a cow lung and starts chewing on it. the, The whole idea was, I don't really do anything special. I just eat all these totally primal kinds of foods. And that's how I got super jacked. And the guy was obviously on steroids. And it just came out that he's on steroids. And here's his apology. Primals, I'm making this video to apologize. Because I f***ed up. Because I'm embarrassed and ashamed. Because I lied. And I misled a lot of people. I've stated that this is a complicated as f*** topic, at least to me it is. Because before social media, 
I was rich and anonymous. And after social media, I'm still rich, but no longer anonymous. And I never expected this kind of exposure in the public eye. It's been tricky as f to navigate. Well, clearly I did it wrong. And I'm here now to set the record straight. Yes, I've done steroids. And yes, I'm on steroids, monitored and managed by a trained hormone clinician. Wow, shocking. None of us could ever see this. You, no, you can. You can if you're not taken by this constant uh, push that is accelerated by social media and by our pop culture and our celebrity culture to just be more and more outrageous, more and more shocking. One maxim that I often come back to on this show is, hey, be normal. Just be normal. It's good to be normal. It's what we were talking about at the top of the show. You don't have to hand it to Hitler. You don't, actually. <laughs> you don't. Uh, the People are titillated by really shocking statements and, and it, it gets, and, and shocking images. And it gets people to think, wow, maybe this thing that I know is not possible or not true or completely out of left field, maybe it really is true. Usually it's not. Usually things are, are just a lot more normal than all of that. If, generally speaking, you can just trust your faculties of reason and your moral conscience and the traditions in which you have been raised. Generally speaking, those are going to be much better guides to, uh, to your own life than, you know, some, some person making some insane sort of claim, whether it be about, uh, you know, the Second World War or about uh, how to get really jacked eating cow lung or something. Uh, if, it, if, it's, if it seems too wild, crazy, singular to be true, it, it probably is. This is in part why we are conservatives, because we understand that the old tried and true stuff has a much better track record than the modern flights of fancy, titillating though they may be. Last Friday, we launched a new series. Speaking of the great traditions and the things that have endured through all of time, we launched a great, great new biblical series with Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. The series is called Exodus. In it, Jordan sits down with other scholars to read the book of Exodus and to discuss what it means and why it remains significant thousands of years after it was written. Dennis Prager, Jonathan Pichot, many, many other people in there. Episodes one, two, and three are available to stream right now. You have got to check out this episode. Here's the trailer. The Hebrews created history as we know it. You don't get away with anything. And so you might think you can bend the fabric of reality and that you can treat people instrumentally and that you can bow to the tyrant and violate your conscience without cost. You will pay the piper. It's gonna call you out of that slavery into freedom, even if that pulls you into the desert. And we're gonna see that there's something else going on here that is far more cosmic and deeper than what you can imagine. The highest ethical spirit to which we're beholden is presented precisely as that spirit that allies itself with the cause of freedom against tyranny. And yes, there, there exactly. Is that hope. I want villains to get punished. But do you want I, the I, villains to learn before they have to pay the ultimate price? That's such a Christian question. <laughs> you have to be a member to watch. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to become a member and watch Exodus today.
And we have finally arrived at my absolutely favorite time of the week when I get to hear from all of you in the mailbag. This mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com, select a plan, enter code Knowles, and get 50% off your first month. First question. Hi, Michael. Arun here. I am an astrophysicist, which I mentioned for context because you recently piqued my curiosity when you mentioned that behind the heliocentrism debate within the Catholic Church during the 17th century were deeper and more profound philosophical and theological issues. I was wondering if you could talk from your perspective as a Catholic Christian about what those philosophical issues are, and uh, maybe also about what are the philosophical and perhaps even metaphysical implications of the Einsteinian view of the universe in which there is no preferred center to the universe. Thank you, as always, for your wisdom. Arun, very, very good question. Yes, you, you can see uh, how misrepresented the Catholic Church's position on science has been when you look at the history of these sorts of controversies. One, uh, the most prominent scientists ever have been not, not only Catholic, but in many cases have been Catholic priests. Father George Lemaitre is the, is the person who uh, first theorized the Big Bang. Catholic priest. Gregor Mendel, Catholic priest, the uh, discoverer of Mendelian inheritance and genetics. Uh, Copernicus was uh, maybe a Catholic priest, though he, uh, that's a little bit unclear. He was at least a Catholic canon and m- many, many others. But, but if you look at, say, when Copernicus puts forward the idea that the earth revolves around the sun, he was not really persecuted for it. Uh, Galileo puts forward this idea and he, he was persecuted for it, but not exactly for, for suggesting the idea. It was more for being just a huge jerk all the time. And, and so when Copernicus's book comes out on the celestial spheres, he, there, there was a preface added to the book that said that this is meant to uh, facilitate calculations, but it's not necessarily meant to be taken literally. Galileo comes out and not only proposes his view as a literal view, but he also antagonizes the Pope. <laughs> And, and members of the clergy in the book. And he has Simplicius in this dialogue, meaning sim, simpleton, though it's, it's a reference to a, a, an interpreter of, and a commentator on Aristotle. But it's obviously meant to suggest that this person is a simpleton. And that represents the Pope's view. So he just was kind of a jerk and he, he didn't play his cards really straight either. The, the reason I bring up the word literal is because the word literal is very confusing, especially in our day and age, because literal is supposed to mean not figurative or not symbolic. But literal refers to letters, which are signs, and in our day and age are symbols as well. Uh, so what does it even mean to, to be literal? If, if you tell me, you, you mentioned Einstein's view of the universe. When you, when you tell me that there is no center to the universe, or we're in this kind of static, you know, infinite sort of universe, or any, really any modern scientific depiction of the universe that you want, and you tell me that the earth is on this little ball circling this other little ball in a, in a galaxy, in, a, in a, super, a galaxy cluster, in another galaxy cluster, in a galaxy supercluster, I don't know what that means. If you tell me that man is the center of the universe, I, I do know what that means. And furthermore, when you say man is the center of the universe, that more accurately describes man's actual position in the world because man is the nexus of the physical world and the metaphysical world through his rational soul. Man is the only being in this world that that can be said of. Animals are bodies, 
and they have a soul proper to their nature, but they don't have a rational soul. That's why we don't put them on trial when a, when a cat scratches a human being. We don't prosecute the cat. Uh, ideas are meaningful, and they, they have consequences in the world, but they don't have bodies. Angels and demons, which I happen to believe exist, as have most people throughout all of human history, but some doubt it today. Uh, but angels and demons are real. They have metaphysical reality, but they don't, they don't have bodies. Only in man do you see that nexus perfectly in the incarnation and in the blessed sacrament. So that, that representation more accurately describes what is really going on in reality. Even, even if in order to make calculations, we accept the, the premise that the earth revolves around the sun and the sun is in the galaxy or whatever, that, that, that's fine. But that is a representation too. That's just a picture in your head so that you can make models and make certain calculations. This is a point that is really driven home by Owen Barfield, who you'll hear a lot of us on Daily Wire bring up this writer a lot. He's the guy who was instrumental in converting C.S. Lewis to Christianity. Really, really brilliant philosopher. And he, he just points out that in, in the world, what, what we take in uh, about the world around us is necessarily just representations. Right? I'm, not, I'm not really seeing the camera as the camera. I'm taking in the, the information that the camera has in itself, and then I am perceiving that, and then I am creating a concept of that in my mind, and we hope that that accords as well as it can to reality. Uh, but it is a distinct thing, and what modern science does is it, it separates the, the representations. It separates the phenomena from what the phenomena really mean. And it creates a sort of idolatry out of that. So that's why we think of the human body now as just a bag of chemicals. We don't think of it as a meaningful thing with a soul because that's the way science has to treat the body. We think of, of therefore, the cosmos in that same way. But there is more to the cosmos than, than just the physical world. There's the metaphysical world as well. We all know that. We have to know that. We have to accept that. That's the only way that we can talk. That's the only way that our ideas can have meaning. That's the only way we can have hopes and joys and loves uh, and, and all the rest of the things that we can't quite touch. Uh, so that's a long-winded version of that view. And it's, it's why, it's kind of like that bell curve, you know, for, for IQ. It's like, the really dumb guy would say, man's the center of the universe. And then the guy in the middle would say, well, actually, you know, the earth is in this galaxy and in the supercluster. And then you get to the top of the bell curve and it's just the sort of Jedi Knight saying, actually, man really is the center of the universe. That's, that's I think, what's going on when we talk about our representations of science. All right, next question. Hey there, Mr. Michael. This is Stanley again. Thank you for taking my original question on your pronunciation of words like divisive versus divisive. Uh, I was listening to your show, and Ben also brought it up on his show, the Canadian uh, new laws that we're going to try to help with assisted suicide. Now, I think the reason the Canadians are actually doing this, as well as other European countries with socialized medicine, is because of their social programs. It's obviously much cheaper to just do away with them than it is to treat them for a fatal illness. You might remember several years ago, I think back in 2018, there was a little boy named Alfie Evans, and he died, and he may have died anyway, but he died because the British government would not allow his parents to seek treatment for him, even outside of the country. Even the Vatican was going to send a jet to help him. Now, I think, honestly, at the core of all of this is Satan. He hates the family, and he does everything he can to circumvent it. 
from gender confusion to making husbands and wives think that they're a drag on each other to pornography and all sorts of things. Anyway, that's my perspective. What do you think? It's a great question. Sometimes people ask questions like that at at uh, speaking events that I go to. You know, they'll get up and they'll say, "Hey, Michael," and give a dissertation on their their view of the world and say, "What do you think of that?" <laughs> I, say, I agree. Actually, I agree with that. That's a, a very good one. And especially on your first point, when you say, "Do you think that Canada now is pushing assisted suicide because it will save them money because they've got?" these sort of socialist programs? And the answer is, of course, yes. This is one of the great hazards to socialized medicine, to all sorts of socialist programs and giving all of your political power away and upending all sorts of traditions. Because uh, you just get perverse incentives. And conservatives understand that incentives motivate people's behavior. So if the government is going to create an incentive for granny maybe to leave this planet a little sooner, then you're going to see more of that behavior, okay? And, and we know that because part of the debate over socialized medicine and Obamacare and all the rest of it was that people spend a huge proportion of the money that they will spend over their whole lives on healthcare in the final 18 months of their life. Right? It's not as though you spend the same amount every year on healthcare. It's that you spend basically nothing on healthcare for most of your life, and then a little bit more as you get older, and then at the very end, you spend a ton of money. So if you're some technocrat with a green visor crunching the numbers, you say, well, if we, if we want to save, who knows, 50% on our medical expenses in the government, if we just kill granny 18 months sooner, you're going to get that behavior. That's a huge moral hazard. Next question. Hey, Michael, it's Camille. Um, I have another dating question for you. So I recently had an ex, let's call it a situationship because we weren't fully dating, um, reach out to me asking me to set him up with one of my friends. I was shocked, livid, and fuming at this request, but I wanted to call in and see what your thoughts were. He was kind of a jerk to me and things didn't end super well. And it's been a long time, but I never thought we were friends, and I think it's absolutely insane that he asked me to do this. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Camille, I want you to, I want you to take out your phone right now. I'll give you, okay, you got it. You pulled over, you took out your phone. I want you to go to your contacts. Actually, it's probably easier to go to your texts. Okay, pull up this guy's number, and go do do do. Going to go to information about, that. and then delete the number, Camille. What is wrong with you? Good grief! You've written into the show before about your relationship problems. Don't. What are you doing? Why? Why do you talk to this guy? Not only, I'm sorry. Before you delete the number, block the number, and then delete the number out of your phone so that you don't text him. Yeah, of course. This guy's a total jerk, loser. You don't need to speak to him ever again. What, even when you say, I didn't even think we were friends after we broke up. Well, if you're not friends, then delete the number and block it, Camille. Good grief. Ah, Camille, I just want to shake. I just want to reach for the camera and shake you. Of course, stop it. Stop talking to these jerks. All right, next question. Hey, Michael, I'm just wondering what your view on recycling is because a friend of mine, a conservative friend of mine, recently made fun of me and was calling me liberal because I was recycling and I like to recycle. So I guess I'm just wondering if you think it actually does something 
and it could actually help our planet or if it's another I don't know, fake uh, narrative that liberals push. Also, I gotta let you know that I am a religious Jew, but I will still choose your show over Ben's any day. Thanks so much, Michael. Now we're talking. All right. Thank you. Clearly have marvelous taste. That That's so clear. I could tell from the inside of your question and uh, the final part just confirms it for me. Um, the problem with recycling is that it's a good thing to do in theory, and it doesn't really do very much in practice. A very, very tiny proportion of the things that we put in the recycling bin actually end up being recycled in any way. And this is in part because it involves not just Americans going and doing their part, but then we ship it overseas to third world countries, and they're supposed to deal with our trash for us, and then often that doesn't really happen. And so it's a good thing to do in theory. I, I, I know that there is a conservative perspective that says, who cares about the planet? I'm just going to throw my refuse into the ocean and burn tires all day long. And, uh, you know, that's my right as an American. I don't think that's true. I think it's very conservative to conserve things and to be a good steward of your environment, to be moderate in that regard. Uh, the problem with recycling is just, it doesn't really work. So it ends up being a kind of meaningless ritual. So do it, don't do it. It's not really going to have much of an effect in the world. But I think your, your instinct to be a good steward of your created environment, I think, is, is a good one and a conservative one. rest of the show continues now because of the most fascinating broadcast ever in the history of television yesterday and us taking some time to go through Kanye. I didn't get to a few stories I wanted to get to. We have to get to them, though, because politically they matter a lot. So uh, make sure you head on over to the member block. We also have fake headlines. I need your help in, in discerning which headlines are real. So if you are not a member, click the link in that description and join us.